Doc? Ethel and me? Jeepser, jeepser, I reckon we should be able to go in now. I have abided by the new rules for weeks and weeks. But it's got ridiculous. But my neighbors, they can all smoke all around me, but I can't go in the swimming pools. I mean, this is just... They're starting. Welcome everyone to Dr. Heather Uncensored. I'm very excited to have Dr. Atusta Madavi today. She's been a doctor of chiropractic since 1994 and has spent 25 years in a holistic health practice. But I'm going to let her tell you about her journey because she's, there's a lot of different aspects of it that are so interesting. So Dr. Madavi, yeah, tell us a bit about your journey. Hi, everyone. Sure. So, uh, yeah, in uh, the year 1994, I graduated uh, from a chiropractic school as a doctor of chiropractic. And soon after that, I started uh, practicing uh, in a holistic setup um, in uh, Los Angeles, Beverly Hills. And um, uh, soon I realized that I um, needed to sort of add more tools to my toolbox to treat patients who would come to me with all kinds of ailments. And so I got a, uh, after I became a qualified medical examiner, I got a board certification in integrative medicine. That's and so I started practicing functional medicine. I'm sure many of you have heard about functional medicine. And so nutrition and functional medicine became a big part of my chiropractic practice. And I started treating all kinds of patients with blood pressure, um, diabetes, uh, weight issues, obesity, um, chronic fatigue, etc. Um, and then um, pretty soon after that, um, I, well, let me backtrack. So I had been practicing, I've been doing uh, um, yoga for myself as a personal uh, thing. And then um, I realized that it really, like I, I, I was experiencing some neck pain and that is like a long story for some other time. But when I started doing yoga, even as a chiropractor, I realized that it was really helpful for chronic conditions right. um, long-term. So I started incorporating some of those yoga postures in my therapeutic exercise regimen with, with patients. And uh, then in 2012, I went to India to uh, learn from, uh, you know, yogis um, and went there for six months. Wow, and got, six months. Where were you exactly? In South India, uh, Coimbatore, but the school wasn't in Coimbatore in South India. It was two hours of drive from Coimbatore uh -huh. in the hills of uh, Vilangiri Mountains. Wow. in an ashram so i was studying there with the with the yogi um which you know many people have heard about him his okay. name is uh, Sadhguru jogi vesudev uh -huh. and um so i i studied there with him in his school for six months and this was a very intensive six months we didn't have weekends we didn't have any day off wow so really it was a grind yeah they were basically making yogis out of us but anyways, I got a board certification, and in, um, basically when I came back, I started 
um, really teaching yoga, cla classical yoga. Um, however, in India, they gave us an introduction to Ayurvedic medicine. Now, in my practice with functional medicine uh, and nutrition, I realized that certain people respond better to certain therapeutic uh, tools than others. Right. And I always thought there must be a more unique way of treating people individually. Right. And when I was going through my teacher training in India, uh, they gave us an introduction to Ayurvedic medicine, and I had an aha moment. Uh -huh. Yeah, because as you know, Ayurveda treats everybody individually, and you determine every individual's constitution. Right. And, and everyone is treated in a very unique and personalized way. So, so then after my return to the U.S., I went back to school and studied Ayurvedic medicine. Uh -huh. in, like, so, in Whittier, right? It was in Whittier? Exactly. The, I did a year and a half in uh, Northern California, California College of Ayurveda. Then uh, I finished my internship the last year in Whittier, Southern uh, California University. Wow. Of that's a lot of education there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my journey in a, in a nutshell in terms of, you know, honestly, I've been like a student all of my life. Yeah, I think when you're in this kind of thing, we're always a student, no? whether you're in the classroom or not, you're always learning every day. Exactly, exactly. So, so what would you say uh, right now for people who are worried, even panicking uh, about COVID-19, they're stuck in their home and you know they can't go out at least too much, what would you say to them from all these different you know, whether it's yoga or Ayurvedic or functional medicine or chiropractic, what could you give them like say five things that might be really helpful for them to do right now? Yeah, of course, absolutely. So yeah, my first thing is, um, you know, it's good to be cautious, but not anxious uh, because anxiety and stress can, you know, uh, derail our, our, our health and, and well-being. So what, one thing is that right now is actually the best time to focus on our health. Right. You know, even before um, this pandemic with, in the U.S., we really have had a health crisis. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know, For years and years and years. <laughs> absolutely. We, we've had a health pandemic. Yeah. Um, so it's really a good time to go back to the basics and look at our lifestyle and our habits. Right. And daily habits, daily routine. So that's my number one thing. Right. Look at your daily routine. Look at your habits. Are you the kind of person that's on a, uh, you know, a variable routine? Like one day you have breakfast, one day you don't. One day, one day you wake up at this time, one, the next day you wake up at a different time. You go to bed late. Right. Um, you know, so having a routine, a healthy routine yeah. is a must right now. Yeah. You don't want to stay up late. Because we know that uh, based on our circadian rhythm and based on Ayurvedic medicine and Chinese medicine, that your body has a, has a clock, has a rhythm. Right. And you really need to live in harmony with that rhythm. One thing is, if you go to bed at 10 p.m., like no later than 10, right. then you really get the kind of rest that your body needs to rejuvenate during those hours in the, in the night. Exactly. To rejuvenate all your organs. Yes. And, and, exactly. And there is a the special time for each organ who gets rejuvenated yes. as you sleep. 
Right. Every hour before midnight you sleep is equal to two hours after midnight. Meaning, oh, I like yeah. that. I've never heard that, but I like that. Yeah. Yes, yes. And yeah. actually, I, I refer to that in my book that hopefully will be published soon. Right. Uh, to beat this crisis. But um, so sleep. Make sure your daily routines are in such a way that you go to bed before 10 p.m. or by 10 p.m. or 10.30 the latest. Right. And you get enough sleep seven to eight hours. Yeah. And, um, and that when you wake up, uh, another thing is to make sure that you um, cleanse your tongue with the tongue scraper. Oh, I love that. And, yeah. And on empty stomach, you drink warm water with some drops of lemon or lime in there uh -huh. so that by itself detoxifies you and boosts your um, digestion and um, detoxifying the tongue with the tongue scraper also is important in in bringing immunity to your system right at the same time dosing up on vitamin c like i cannot emphasize the importance of vitamin c right now Exactly. Uh, I would say anything between two two thousand milligrams to four thousand milligrams for healthy adults, yeah. and half of that dosage for children yeah. under twelve years old. Yeah. Um, it's really crucial. If you feel symptoms, uh, scratchy throat or something, you know you're fighting something, then you need to up that dosage to right. six thousand milligrams of vitamin C for for adults per day. Yeah. Um, that's uh, one thing, and then vitamin D3. Yeah. You, Heather, you know that vitamin D3 is so crucial. Absolutely. Yeah, in enhancing immunity, but also general health. It's linked to varieties of degenerative diseases, the lack of it. Yes, and, absolutely. Well, it's more than a vitamin. It's like a hormone, really. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, okay, so uh, that, was, that was five things, so I'll let you off the hook for just a second. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just go over that. I think that's really uh, so important to be cautious but not anxious. I like that. Also, making sure that you get to sleep at least seven to eight hours, and that you go in, you go to bed no later than ten p.m. That you have a daily routine, and when you wake up, you can cleanse your tongue with the scraper. Now, that's one thing. Now, where would uh, my listeners get a scraper for your tongue? Okay, so if you look at you look online and you put in tongue scraper okay. or Ayurvedic tongue scraper, right. you will uh, come across this U-shape stainless steel or uh, copper metal U-shape uh, scraper. Okay, and, and it's very reasonable, like maybe five bucks. Ah, uh, right, isn't that great? Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. and um, Amazon carries it too. I mean, I do it with my toothbrush, but I've always wanted to get one of these, and I just never have. So, yeah, it's much better than a toothbrush uh, because sometimes with the toothbrush, there is a tendency to push those uh, the coating on the tongue in into the pores of the tongue. Ah, okay, okay, good, good information. Yeah, and then on an empty stomach, uh, drink some warm water. Would would you say a cup, two cups? Uh, one or two, depending on your body weight. You know uh -huh. the. You know, the heavier you are to, uh, you know, especially men, yeah, you know. More towards two cups. Okay, with uh, some lemon or lime. Um, and then, of course, you know, <clears throat> vitamin C. 
I just have to say about the vitamin C, I, I heard it on Channel 5 that they had found some medical doctor in Britain who said, that's just nonsense, vitamin C. And I thought, oh, you had to go all the way to Britain to find someone that would actually say something <laughs> against <laughs> vitamin C, right? Because, of course, the Chinese are having such good success. And that's one of the things that the American Association of Naturopathic Physicians has sent out to all the governments, you know, the government here and around that IV vitamin C is just so helpful in this uh, pandemic. So it's sort of interesting how people want to keep poo-pooing these kind of things. And yet uh, we do have the research. So that's great. And then if you do feel like you have a scratchy throat, you to go up, um, uh, increase it from that 2000 to 4000 that you uh, recommend up to 6000. And then uh, half of that, e either of those for, for children. Yes. Okay, so I just want to, that's wonderful. So I just want to also go back. I want to find out a little bit more about what happened in India, what that experience was like for you. For six months, no days off, you have a yogi there, you know, like when you, people talk about studying with Iyengar, you know, that he was very strict. Um, what was your um, yogi like? And, 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 and what, if you could just say sort of like a takeaway from that experience for you? Yeah. Well, it was really life-changing. Um, it, uh, you know, I went in not knowing really what I was getting myself into. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, um, and uh, you know, but it was really strict schedule. It was a grind, um, okay. and uh, you know, it was really unexpected. But you know, a month into it, me and my all of my colleagues there were like. Uh, what did we get ourselves into? <laughs> how many how many people were there there? In that uh, group, a batch of uh, people, we were about forty. Oh wow, forty people! Yeah, we were we were about forty. Uh -huh. um, yeah, because these yogis gaining a lot of uh, attention and momentum uh -huh. uh, across the world, and so yeah, a lot of people, even just you know young people that want to become yoga teachers, come there. Uh -huh. um, so, you know, there is like age range from early 20s to like 60s, you know, come uh -huh. there. Come there. You, can you spell his name? Sadhguru. If you put in Sadhguru, S-A-D as in David, H as in Henry. Uh-huh. Uh, then Guru, G-U-R-U. Everybody calls him Sadhguru. Oh, okay. Uh, but his name is Jogi Vesudev. Uh-huh. Um, which is not very easy to to spell or whatever. But right. if you put in Sadhguru, he has a white beard, um, and he he wears a yogic turban. Uh -huh. uh, it's it's hard to miss. Right. So uh, is he Sikh or is he Hindu? No, no. He he's a yogi, but um, he was born into a Hindu family. Right. But he says he's not following any religion and. Um, and that yoga, which is true, yoga existed before the Hindu religion. And a lot of right, right. people don't want to say that. A lot of Hindus don't want to say that. Uh, but Hinduism actually uh, is a result of uh, the yogi uh, tradition uh, uh, um, lifestyle. And um, all the yoga sutras and the yogi, uh, the text of yoga, Vedantic texts, Rig Veda, Artava Veda, etc. They are they date back to five to eight thousand years ago. I know it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, according uh, to a lot of yogis in India, including including Sadhguru, 
actually yoga has been around for 15,000 years on the planet. And, um, and the Hindu scriptures go back to maybe 3,000 years ago, uh -huh. something like that. Right. And, you know, at the most, maybe 5,000 years ago. And so uh, he's, he says he's a yogi. He was born into a Hindu family. And uh, that's, that's what he's uh, right. And so much, I mean, it is extraordinary that, you know, whether it's, whether it's 3,000 or 15,000, I mean, all these years of experience that we have in terms of health and healing. And they, you know, the, to me, the Eastern way is just so interesting um, how it's just so not materialistic and it, mm -hmm. that it, it's transform, transformational. Absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the fact that uh, nature is a big part of these traditions, right. living in harmony with nature. And yeah. we, you know, I mean, this is kind of a pivot, but we do see how the planet is in, you know, a state of destruction just because humanity has lost its connection with nature. Absolutely. And That's absolutely, yes. Yeah, and, and how Ayurveda and Chinese medicine look at the planet and Mother Earth as the as a, a great healer and and uh, food as medicine is a big thing in Ayurveda. Right. And how you cultivate the food and how you, you know, use the herbs. Um, you know, it, it's just missing in the West and the culture of uh, Orthodox medicine. Yeah. Uh, well, it's scoffed at, you know, it's, uh, it's thought of, oh, that's just such a too easy. It's, it's not, there's no, there's nothing to it, you know? And, mm -hmm. and I think that that's always been the problem for as naturopathic physicians. Mm -hmm. um, we take the tradition from indigenous or first nations and, um, and just like in, in I just want to bring up this in, in, in 1918 with the so-called Spanish flu, that the First Nations in Nevada, the Washu Indians, they were getting sick, but they weren't dying because they had this plant called Lamatium. So that tradition of uh, that is like uh, yoga or Ayurveda is in this country, but we neglect it and we 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 think, oh, it's you know, we just don't pay attention to it. People seem to like their pills or the, you know, the pharmaceuticals. They believe that line. And mm -hmm. until they start realizing the things that, you know, that you went through there or that you understand um, mm -hmm. that we really are not going to be able to heal this planet, as you said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah. Um, so, you know, a part of our training, going back to your question in India was actually, a walking meditation mm -hmm. in the in the you know on the premises of the ashram or the center the school which was really embedded in a in a forest oh, wow. um, and uh, yeah and uh, one practice was uh, as you come across to any living creature anything uh -huh. there is an inanimate or you know animate um, and bowing down to it oh wow bowing down and that practice by itself was so profound i bet that's so beautiful yeah yeah and uh, and you know the oath that we took that you of course all the doctors take this oath um here too that you put every you know the other life 
yeah. above yours, you know. Right. And, and um, you know, it was really um, an experience aimed at breaking egos, uh, pushing your limitations, the boundaries of who you are. Right. Um, and, you know, like I said, the first couple of months, we were like cursing ourselves for being there. But you know, <laughs> three months into it, and suddenly it was almost like a moment of tra- like awakening in a sense that suddenly you realized a different possibility. Like even your body felt different. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. You know, like... Yeah. And it is probably, you know, when you do things like that, when you walk in meditation in the forest and you are, you know, honoring the life around you, it does change the, the brain. Um, it does change the brain. And then yes. the body, you know, is influenced by that. So absolutely, it's a lovely thing to do. Absolutely. So have you continued that here? Yes, you know, I, I still continue to teach yoga. I still do my own practices. Of course, not five hours a day anymore. Right. Uh, in India, we were doing five hours of physical yoga oh, a, a, wow. day, a day. Um, yeah, but uh, and then three hours of meditation, like sitting meditation. That well, was if you're like not eight. enlightened after that. I don't know when you're enlightened. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. It was definitely, you know, um, definitely a transformational. Uh, but here, when I first came back, I was doing uh, altogether like yoga and meditation. I was doing four hours a day. And uh, now I'm doing, uh, for my own personal practice, I'm doing two hours a day just to maintain uh, wow. what I have earned from my practices in, in, in India. Because at some point you you reach a maintenance level that you don't need to do as much, right. but you need to keep that maintenance regimen. Yeah. So yeah, I still do um, two hours of practice. I teach uh, yoga and meditation and breath um, practices, breathing practices, which is yeah. important. Even right now in the pandemic, you really need to breathe correctly. Yeah. A long, yeah. slow breathing. So Yeah, so talk about that if you would. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, most people do not pay attention to to their breath. And, and, uh, yeah, and most people, especially during anxious times, they are breathing shallowly. They breathe shallow. And one thing that we need to do, like maybe put an alarm on your clock every hour, check your breath, come in, come back to your breath, see if you're breathing shallowly. And then and then start to breathe from your belly, from your diaphragm. See that with each inhalation, your belly expands, it rises. And with each exhalation, your belly contracts and goes down. This way, you're exhaling fully. Because exhaling fully is so important when it comes to uh, doing diaphragmatic breathing. If you do not put out enough air, you, don't, you won't be able to breathe in a full breath through your diaphragm, through your belly. Mm. So a full inhalation, a full exhalation, by observing your your belly, your diaphragm to expand and to and contract. Mm-hmm. So you could do that. This is called diaphragmatic breathing, and it's the first step in breathing exercises or breathing practices. So I would like to ask you to do that. I just wanted to say one little story. I was yes. at uh, Kaiser, and they took my blood pressure, and it was high i mean it wasn't that high but it was you know 
And I went, no, 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 wait, wait a second. And I sat there for five minutes. I, I can get this down. And it went way down. And the nurses sat there and they just looked at me and I said, you see, this works. <laughs> yes, exactly. So you were, the, you were the evidence that they needed. Yeah, I didn't want, I didn't, you know, I really like my doctor. I didn't want her to think that she had to put me on some kind of pill. So I, I had to get it down. But would you be able to just take <clears throat> uh, my listeners through, you know, even, you know, two, three minutes of this kind of breath that you teach? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the diaphragmatic breathing, is that oh. what you, okay, sure, absolutely. If that's your first step, that's, yes. That is, yeah, absolutely. That is the first step for people who have uh, never done breathing um, practices or pranayama, then uh, this is the best place to start, yes. Beautiful, okay. Okay, so let's begin with finding a comfortable position to sit in. So for some people, that's a cross-legged posture mm -hmm. on the floor. For some people, it's sitting on a chair with a back support. So just find a comfortable sitting posture process. Sit in that comfortable sitting posture. Keep, try to keep your back comfortably erect. Mm -hmm. Comfortably erect. And... Um, I want you to bring your focus to your breath. You do this by taking a full inhalation through your nose. You can do the inhalation with, the, with my count up to four. So breathe in to the count of four. One, two, three, four. Then exhale to the count of five. One, two, three, four, five. Now inhale, one, two, three, four. Exhale, one, two, three, four, five. Inhale, one, two, three, four. Exhale, one, two, three, four, five. Now we're going to add a component to this, uh, especially for those of you that are beginning to um, do any kind of breathing practice. Place your left hand on your belly, where your belly button is, around that area. Place your right hand on your chest. Now with each inhalation, you will notice your belly and your chest would rise with each exhalation even with the support and assistance of your hands, you notice that your belly contracts and goes in. You can, if that is not very apparent to you, you can push your hand against your abdomen and chest as you exhale to push it in a little bit further. To get the- well, Inhale, can you just repeat that? For the inhale, your belly should be going up. So with the inhalation, your belly should be going up, should be expanding, getting bigger. You get the fuller belly, a bigger belly. So it comes up and out with each inhalation. With each exhalation, the belly goes in. It becomes tighter. It goes in. So it's almost like your belly button gets closer to your spine with each exhalation, that kind of thing. So the assistance of the hand brings in connection with the mind, the understanding, the connection with the physical act of breathing, 
which is from the diaphragm, from the belly. Right. And you can connect with the breath better. So putting the left hand on the belly, around the belly button, the right hand on the chest, we continue to breathe with the count one, two, three, four, as you inhale. One, two, three, four, as you exhale. With each inhalation, you notice your belly expands and gets bigger. With each exhalation, you notice that your belly goes in or contracts as you exhale. So kind of, yeah. Yeah, really nice. Okay, now that I'm completely spaced out here. <laughs> um, that was lovely. That was lovely. Thank you so much. Wonderful. My pleasure. Yeah, and that's like a basic um, way that we can create a connection to our breath because we really do not understand that this connection is the difference between life and death. Exactly. The connection, yeah, the connection between our breath and no breath right. is the line between life and, life and death. Mm -hmm. And so if you understand the importance of breathing correctly, this is the first step towards uh, pranayama, towards uh, uh, the correct way of breathing. And diaphragmatic breathing is, is the first step. Beautiful. Beautiful. And I wanted to just say to my listeners that Dr. Madavi and I are talking about doing a course. So combining her, which we haven't talked about, um, yes. your book, Holy You, which I love the title. Thank you. Um, and my book on transforming trauma, a drugless and creative path to healing PTSD. I love um, that. Yeah. So if you're interested, please get in touch. Do you have an email that or phone number or how do people get in touch with you? Yes, they can call me at 310-310-289-9770. This is my office number. If I'm not at the office, it's transferred to my mobile phone. So there is always someone to answer and, uh, you know, we can always connect. And uh, my, my uh, website is uh, www.yourvitalitydoctor.com. And the doctor is spelled out, yourvitalitydoctor.com. Okay, beautiful. So the Dr. Madavi's phone number is 310-289-9770. And her website is yourvitalitydoctor.com. Yes. Wonderful. Okay, well, I think we could just go on. I have so many more questions about what happened in India, but I think we'll stop now and allow okay. people to enjoy that breath and that relaxation that's exactly what people need at this time i just really encourage everyone to to do this kind of breathing and if you're meditating or doing yoga all that is just really learning to center yourself if that's all that you do which is a huge task of course um in this time of uh, isolation and being at home that will bring the rest of your life such peace and such joy so i just want to really thank you for this atusa it was really lovely to talk to you my pleasure absolutely okay. it was wonderful to be on your show and be interviewed by you oh thank you so much okay so we'll talk soon absolutely yeah, thank you okay my pleasure oh,
was some interesting. I mean, especially about the yoga part, you know, the India part. I have always wanted to go to India too, Ethel. Oh, let's forget about the acting classes and save our money for a trip to India. We can learn how to meditate.